0: Hi. welcome to the Axe Church UK Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. And, and what, what we as his church uh, need to focus on is to focus on being healthy. Because if you're healthy, you're gonna be growing. You know, and, and if you're not growing, it means that something in your life is, is not healthy. And so God this morning uh, wants us to be a healthy church. When you turn to your neighbor and says, that the one that you didn't turn to just now, and says that, uh, uh, are you healthy? Are you healthy? Are you healthy? You know, no judgment, no condemnation. Not, 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 not saying that you need to lose weight, you're fearfully, wonderfully made, but are you healthy? The world that we live in today puts so much emphasis on health. Mental health, physical health, go to the gym, eat well, sleep well, etc but what about spiritual health? And one of the biggest indicators of spiritual health is are you enjoying God? are you enjoying God? you know you know when, when you think of God you go like oh. Or do you go like, oh wow, a, a joy sparks out. And so today, I want to minister to us in, in, in that. And, and, and I, I just sense that God is saying to us as a church this morning that the good news is not just for the lost. And even sometimes as Christians, we need to know and experience the good news all over again. Because the truth is this, it is the easiest to recommend something that you enjoy. You know, if you really enjoy a book, you will recommend it. If you really enjoy a movie, you'll recommend it. You know, if you really enjoy good coffee, you, you tell people, even though you're not being paid, you don't have to go to a course. You know, a lot of times you go like, oh, I'm not very gifted to reach out to my friends. I need to attend an evangelism course. And, and yet, we don't have to attend any course to tell us where our favorite burger place is, our favorite, uh, uh, you know, Chinese food place is, our favorite coffee is, our favorite ice cream is, etc. And, and why? Because we enjoy it. And so, this morning, God wants to bring us back to that place of enjoying Him again. Amen? And finding our joy and our utmost satisfaction in Him. And, 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 and I want to speak to us this morning, and I want to, you know, guide us to, to, to this passage of Scripture. And so, if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to John chapter 4. We're going to read from verse 3 to 26 together. John 4, 3. To twenty six, and um, you know we're going to read, but but, but in, in this passage of scripture, uh, it might look like on the surface God is ministering to someone, uh, but I I in a while I'm also going to teach us to, to see that that this scripture is also one of the best examples of God's heart for His people. Amen. And so, if you're there, can you hear a good amen. John four three 26. Uh, Here we go, let's read together. He left Judea, so Jesus left Judea and departed again to Galilee. Uh, But he needed to go through Samaria. He needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sikar, near the plot of ground that Jacob... You know, uh, from Genesis, if you're familiar, you know Jacob and his 12 sons, uh, Joseph with the Technicolor coat. So that that Jacob, that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary, being tired, exhausted from his journey, sat by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. The sixth hour, in modern day translation, it's like 12 o'clock. Noontime, okay? A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me? A Samaritan woman. For Jews at that time had no dealings with Samaritans. So they had this long feud that lasted for generations. So this two people group didn't get along, right? And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked Him, and He would have given you living water. A woman said to Him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Uh, where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor do I need to come back here to draw water again. And Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you've said well that you have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you have now is not even your husband. In that you spoke truly. Wow. The woman said to him, sir, um, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our forefathers worshipped at this mountain, and then you, you know, Jews, say that Jerusalem is the place that we ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me. The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming now when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. A lot of times we think Jesus Christ, we think Jesus' surname is Christ. No, no, no. Christ is a title. Jesus the Messiah. Jesus the Savior. Jesus the, the Chosen One. Amen? And so the, the, the Chosen One, the Messiah, the big hero, He is coming. And when He comes, He will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. Amen. We're going to stop here and just just, just meditate upon this. You know, I truly believe that God wants us to learn so much from this Samaritan woman. Amen. You know, if you go on and you read on, uh, this can be additional homework. But at the end of the chapter, after this encounter, she went off to the city. And in the end, she drew the whole city to come to experience and encounter Jesus for themselves, and, and and so today we want to learn how to be like this Samaritan woman. You know, years ago, um, I, I I once ministered to a young lady. I said that God wants to redeem you and and and, and use you and and gonna give you the anointing of the Samaritan woman, and uh, you know and and this this lady you know uh, uh, left church after that because she was so offended. She was so offended. She thought that I was implying that she was living like this Samaritan woman. I was saying, no, no, God's going to use you. So, so, I don't want anyone here to get offended. We want to we wanna learn because, you know, uh, it's very easy for us to read this and go like, wow, Jesus was so compassionate towards this lowly, troublesome, you know, uh, uh, homebreaker, whatever, you know, this loose woman. And, and it's very easy for us to read Scripture and to cast judgment. But the Bible many times acts like a mirror. When you read Scripture, it's it's not meant for us just to know about what happened in the past. It also acts as a reflection into our soul. And for us to realize that we too are equally as broken as this Samaritan woman. And we too at one time, or even maybe even right now, were uh, as distant away from God as this Samaritan woman. As hostile towards God as this Samaritan woman, and yet God did not disparage her. God did not exclude her. God, you know, engage in conversation with her. God, you know, redeem her and, and 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 brought forth even you know a, a, a life-saving gifting within her to impact uh, the rest of the city. And and this is this is really uh, what I want us to catch today because. You know, in our midst, and and, and just like this Samaritan woman, even in our midst today, there could be some of us here who are struggling, struggling with our faith, struggling to just get by. Some of us here we are stuck. This woman was stuck. She was in one relationship after another relationship, she was in a cycle, a self destructive cycle. She was stuck. And a lot of us here we could be stuck, even though we love Jesus, we could still be stuck. But God wants to unstuck us today. Amen? And for some of us here, we're still searching. Even though Jesus said that if you drink of me, you will never thirst again, uh, we are still trying to finish the equation. For some of us, Jesus is not enough. It needs to be Jesus plus something, and we're trying to search for what that something is. Today, I want to minister. I want to minister to us. I want to help us to get healthy in these areas. I want us to, to, to fall in love with Jesus all over again uh, uh, and, and be ministered to. Amen. And also, so let me talk about struggling. Let me talk about struggling for a while before I give you my three points. Oh, let me give you my title, okay? Straight and simple, living water. Living water, okay? I, I, I didn't want to be smart today. I wanted to put it, are you well? Because she was at a well. You Get it? Get it? But anyway, that's, that's, that's my flesh. That's my flesh. I need to go with the Spirit. God is living water. Amen. In homes, we are learning this series, the I Am series. Who did Jesus says He is? And Jesus here, you know, he, he's, he's indirectly saying that I am the source of the living water. And I want to give you water. And, and you know, while, you know, we're going to learn another aspect of living water. Amen. Praise God. Amen. How many of you uh, 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 are excited? Amen. Praise God. It's been a while since I preached, so I'm reminding myself not to overdo it. Uh, but whenever I, I don't get to preach and talk to you guys for a very long time, I, I, I tend to preach too much because I, I just miss you guys. I love talking to you guys. Um, but uh, but we praise God that, that He's allowing us to raise up new leaders, amen? And uh, because we we are a church that really, you know, we want to, not only do we want to seek and save the lost, but we want we, we believe in empowering people. So in the coming uh, 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 a few months, you know, uh, in fact, You know, you might see different ones rise up to preach. And so I want you to, you know, uh, uh, celebrate the fact that God is raising up leaders. God is raising up preachers. Amen? Uh, But I want to talk to us about struggling in a while. Right? Struggling. Why do I say struggling? Because this woman, right, there's a lot of things we can look and dissect at this woman's life. but, but, But she was alone, by herself, drawing water at noontime. And a little bit of cultural history. Back then, there was no running water, so duh, they had to go to the well to get water. But they would usually go because of the Middle Eastern weather. It would be really, really, really hot. You know, imagine, you know, going to draw water at 12 o'clock. We don't live in the Middle East, but this last week, it's been pretty hot in London. And even then, some of you are like, you're going like, God, you know, please. Bring on autumn now, I can't handle it anymore. And that's just like one week, few days of of sunny weather. Uh, But but this is ancient times where there was no air conditioning, no fan, and this was hot 24-7. And so, what usually happens is for the women to go draw water in the early morning and in the evening where it's least hot in the very early morning to get water for the day, and then in the evening to get water for the rest of the night until the next morning, and then the cycle repeats again. The fact that this lady went by herself, because she said, this well is deep. The women will usually go together, and they will help each other fill up as much I don't know, you know, a a big containers of of water and then they'll help each other carry it back into their households. But this lady was just roughing it out by herself. Why was she struggling? She was just struggling to say that, you know what, I I don't need. You know, maybe because of her lifestyle, she was worried that if she would go uh, in the morning and evenings, people would talk about her. People would gossip her. People would judge her. People would give her a side eye. You know, people will will, will roll their eyes, whatever it is. And and she's like, I don't need any of that. I just want to get by. Just leave me alone. Let me do my own thing. And a lot of us here, even though we know Jesus, or maybe you don't, you are in that situation. You're struggling. You know, I don't know what you're going through. Maybe it's an emotional upheaval. Maybe it's something in your life, but you just want to be alone. You don't feel like talking to people. And, and, and not only do you want to be alone, you think that you are all that you need. And and, 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 and friends, I'm here to tell you, friends, if you're struggling, because this woman was struggling. You know, she was struggling to get by, she was, she was struggling to do life alone, uh, and, 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 and she just pushed on through. And some of us here are like that. You know, you're just going to your job. You know, you're just, you know, going like, just, you know, wake up, go to job, come back, because, you know... Water's all I need. I'm just going to get water, and for some of us, money's all I need. I'm just going to get money, you know. And, and and you're 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 here in London, here in UK, uh, but but you're 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 just barely getting by. You're 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 barely surviving. You're not thriving. And for for whatever reasons, you know, you you feel detached and far away from God. You know, it could be by your own doing. Maybe you you realize that you know, in, in in you trying to make sense of the world, in you trying to solve your own problems, uh, you have made bad decisions, and, and, and you know, shame has come over you, and maybe you even feel like, you know, you, you feel far away from God. Like how the Samaritan woman felt far away from God, far away from, in fact, when Jesus approaches she said, like, hey, whoa, 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 what are we doing? Well, you, a Jewish person, talking to, him? no, shouldn't you, you know, you, we have no business together. Don't come so near. You know, I don't like you. And and, 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 and and a lot of us here, you know, we are going through that. You are spiritually at a dry place. You're barely getting by. And you think that, let me just go through one day at a time. But God is saying that, hey, He loves you. And He wants to set you free. And, and how does He uh, uh, set you free? How does He minister to you in moments when we are struggling, in moments where you feel spiritually dry. Point number one, He comes to us. He comes to us. And this is life-changing because, you know, some of us, we've been there before, you know. Spiritually, you feel like, I don't know. I feel like I can't really hear God. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, my, un- my prayers are not getting answered. I feel far away. I'm not feeling it. I don't feel like going to church because when I go to church, people will talk to me. You know, church, I give you full permission. Come to church and don't talk to anyone. You know, and, 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 and because, because we constantly get that. Pastor, I've not been coming to church because I'm at a bad place. Oh, why don't you come? You know, and sit in the presence of God. I don't want. Because when I come, the usher will ask me how's my day. And I don't want to lie. And I don't want to seem unfriendly because I know the usher is just serving. So I'd rather not come because if I come, it gets complicated. And even if I can dodge the usher, Like some of us, we do. We we, we make the, no. I don't know, we we throw something to distract the usher and then we run into church. Or we come in when maybe, you know, when worship's underway and we try to sit at the back and we think that if we can get past that, that's enough. But in ex-church, we pause worship to pray for each other. And then you go like, I even more don't want to come to this church because there are times where I, I don't even want to talk to people. Even more, I don't want to talk to God and I don't want to talk to people about talking to God. And so I don't want to come to church. Let me just, you know, I don't know, just just do my own thing. We've been there before, haven't we? And sometimes when we go through that, we try to talk to some friends hoping that they'll understand and some of our friends very understandably will say something loving like, you need to spend time with God. <laughs> and then it, it irks us like, like, like nails on a chalkboard. We go, no, stop nagging me. I don't, that's not what I need right now. And in moments like that, friends, I want you to be encouraged. God doesn't have to wait for us to come to Him. Jesus said He had to go through Samaria. You see, we serve a God who's, who's, who's not passive. A lot of times we come to church, we say, oh, we worship Jesus, and we think that He's just some God who's sitting on the throne, going like, hey, worship me. Worship me. Worship me. No, God's not passive on the throne. He's active actively looking to minister to people. This woman wasn't looking for God, but God was looking for this woman. And you might feel like you're far away from God. You might feel like nobody understands. You might feel like you're in a bad place. But friends, I got good news for you. God's looking for you. And He's not looking to punish you. He's not looking to guilt trip you. He's not looking to to, to add on to whatever burden. He's looking to heal you. He's looking to set you free. And so are you in a dry place, far away from God, don't want to talk about anything spiritual because this is what this woman was at. Yet Jesus went to her. Amen? Isn't that powerful that we have a God who comes to us? And not only that, He comes and He ministers. And and this is another thing I want us to catch, right? Because maybe you are at that, I don't know, bad place and I want you to get healthier. So how do you get healthy? Oftentimes, how how do you know when God is trying to get your attention? Oftentimes, when it's most inconvenient, when you're just wanting to do your own thing and get on with your life, there will be a whisper, there will be an opportunity, there will be a God presence in your life that will challenge you to be selfless. What did Jesus say? Can you give me some water? I know you're here to get more water for yourself. I know you're here to get more London to get more money for yourself. I know you're here in London to study so that you can have better grades for yourself. And you think that that's all it. You think that that will make you happy. And yet there will come a moment where God will say that, "Can you be a little bit selfless this morning, friends? Have you been there before? Sometimes we go to work, and then we see an appeal." Sir, can you help me? And then we go like, I can't because I'm late for a meeting. And then you walk away. What was that? That, was actually, that could be a God opportunity in disguise. And God is challenging us to be. And, and sometimes, you know, we, you see, the way the woman started the conversation and her breakthrough, it was 180 degrees. It was walls apart. Jesus didn't talk to her about being an evangelist or anything like that. And, and, and so sometimes we think that, you know, I'm at a bad place, I'm in a dry place. What does helping somebody in need when I don't feel like it have anything to do with replenishing what I'm going through? Sometimes what God needs us to do is to recalibrate our system and to reset back into, if I can use it, factory setting, maybe not factory setting, God setting, and realize that, hey, in this life, it's not about you. It's not about you. You're struggling, you're at a bad place, you're at a dry place because you've made it about you and God is saying that, hey, reset, it's not about you. There's a purpose bigger than you. That, that you know, Do you stretched sometimes, oh, I don't feel like giving, I'm really tight this month. And then nobody forcing you, they're not the chairperson, suddenly there's something, there's a, there's a voice from the Lord that says, hey, trust me a little bit more. I don't feel like coming to church and maybe that's the time you need to go to church the most. Wow. I don't feel like going to homes. Maybe maybe that's the one moment or breakthrough you need. You see, God is interested in creating healing moments for us. This, this, this woman had a healing moment. She didn't just have a conversation moment with Jesus. She had a healing moment. A healing moment that was disguised as asking for water. I, I wonder if... God is disguising a church service as a healing moment for you. I wonder if God is disguising serving as a healing moment for you. You know, for some of us, we go like, oh, I don't feel like serving, I'm so tired. Uh, one more serving and then I'm going to just snap at the worship leader. And then the worship leader texts you and say, uh, uh, that, um, um, somebody come play this week, can you replace them? And then you go like, mm. but could that text message the inconvenient text message. That, that challenge to be a little bit selfless. Maybe that's a healing moment in disguise. Maybe that's a, if you don't like the word healing moment, here's a better one, God moment in disguise. You see, if, if I look back at my life, you know, I I, I I am standing here by the grace of God because time after time, God has met me God moment after God moment after God moment. And for some of us here, we remember our God moments. For some of us, our God moment was going for that church camp or for that church getaway you didn't want it there was a you know a, a, a young lady in our church for years she didn't want to go for our church getaway because it clashed with her birthday she'd go like i just it's my birthday my right to celebrate it. and yet the moment she gave in there was breakthrough there was a god moment for some of you it could be the moment you step into this church you know? We've had people uh, share this testimony before. When I first stepped in, I thought this church was a cult. Because everybody is so friendly. Everybody knows each other's names. They don't let you leave immediately. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, if you leave immediately after the service, they notice, they run after you. And they go like, hey, 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 hello, brother. Thank you for coming. You know? And you just want to, yeah. Because you know, maybe you, you, you grew up, and, 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 and the church has become almost like commercial for you. It's like a drive-thru. You know, come on, give me two fast songs, two slow songs and a message not longer than 30 minutes and make it funny. Not too shallow, not too deep. Ooh. And yet God is saying, did, did, did He create church to be like that? No. He created this place, this, this place to be a place of worship. And, and it was in that moment where you, you allowed yourself to be challenged more than you wanted to. God healed you. God healed you. Amen. Would you let God come to you Amen. Do you feel dry? Let it be encouragement. Those of you who have not been praying for a very long time, hey, you're not far away from God. You're not far away from God. I want to encourage you. You're not far away from God. I've not been praying. I don't feel I'm close to God. I've not been reading my Bible. It's okay. This lady wasn't reading her Bible. She wasn't praying. And yet she was closer to Jesus than she ever realized. You are closer to God. The Bible says in Psalm 46 verse 1, God is our refuge and strength. We love that. But then it continues on. A very present help in our times of trouble. Do you feel troubled? Are you in a troubled times right now? Hey, don't despair. God is closer because it says in our times of trouble, He is not just present, He is very present. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is very present. Amen? So if you're struggling, God loves you. Allow Him to come to you. And and the next time you feel nudging to challenge you, to to step out of your comfort zone a little bit, resist the temptation to fight that because maybe it's a God moment. God wants to recharge you. God wants to heal you. God wants to restore you in that moment, just like how He did with this lady. But for some of us here, we are stuck. Just like how this Samaritan woman was stuck. She was in a bad place. She was going from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. And even when Jesus tried to talk to her, tried to address the issue, she kept changing the goalpost. And she kept going like, um, you know, she, she went from cultural issues. Uh, well, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan you know, you're a man, I'm a... And then goes on to talk about historical issues. Oh, are you better than our father Jacob? Huh? 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 And then goes on, and then when Jesus tries to talk about that, he, he, she goes on to talk about, you know, technically, you know, we should be worshipping here, but then you guys say we worship... And, and a lot of times, we are not only stuck in a cycle, and that cycle could be a cycle of addiction, because maybe this, this, you know, I don't know what, why this woman was, was trapped, man after man after man after man. Maybe she was looking for approval in all the wrong places, but she was stuck and she didn't even know it. She thought that just more men, better men, better men, better men. For some of us, it's one relationship after another. We think a, 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 a better boyfriend will satisfy us, a better job will satisfy us. And then when we try to, when the Holy Spirit or when your pastor or your leaders try to, 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 to you know, try to help you process the issue, you get all defensive. And you go like, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, culturally, it's, you know, I'm not sure about you, but, but culturally, I, I'm not, I don't function like that. I'm not built like that, you know. And, and then we get defensive. You know, so many times, you know, we, we minister to people, and then when people get so defensive, they, they, they go like, you know, oh, actually, you know, uh, what's your theological qualification to even ask me that question, blah, 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 blah. But this is a beautiful thing. I'm not here to, to hammer down on anyone who feels stuck. Whether you're stuck in an addiction or you're stuck in a self-destructive cycle, I'm here to encourage you that says, even if you're stuck. You see, the, the thing is this, when we're stuck, we know that we're stuck. And the problem with being stuck is this, that it's not just that we're stuck, we're also stuck with a lot of self-hate and self-disgust. Because you tell yourself, "I, I I'm a mature christian by now i should be over this why do i still keep falling for the same temptations and 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 you you hate yourself i I should be better than this or i should be over this by now why am i still struggling to forgive why am i still struggling to be consistent why why am i a broken record why am i broken and and and, and, and a lot of times, the problem with being stuck is the self-hate and the self-disgust that we project on ourselves. But we tell ourselves that God must hate us too. We, we tell ourselves that if if I am so disgusted with myself, God must be even more disgusted with me. God must, must be even more, you know, fed up. Because if, if, if I... Well, God, you tell yourself, I wouldn't give me a second chance. Thank God you're not God. Thank God you're not God. And from this scripture, we learn how does God respond. Let God respond. Don't project. Don't project. Don't don't speak on behalf of God. Let God speak. And you know how Jesus responded? Jesus was gracious. Point number two, Jesus is gracious with us. Don't ever forget that. He is so kind. He's the living word. He knows everything. He's the alpha and the omega. And yet this lady was trying to debate theological things with Jesus. And Jesus didn't destroy her with, with you know, he could have destroyed her. I mean, not physically, but destroy her with like a verbal takedown. You know, we, we love watching those debates on, on internet. We go, oh, wow, you can't believe what happened. Anyway, and, 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 but Jesus never gave her a verbal sparring. Jesus was kind and gracious. You know why Jesus is kind and gracious? Because He loves us. Do you know how how to break out of whatever you're stuck in? Understand that, first and foremost, you are loved by God. Let me give you three examples, very quickly. A lot of times, we think this is what Christianity looks like, because we got some new students, so I'll use the student example first, okay? We think that Christianity... And, and and maybe you know we we think that it's 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 like university. There's a there's an entrance. Congratulations, you've entered Christianity. Woohoo! Here's your starter pack. Here's your starter kit. Here's your orientation week, where you feel really high and on fire for Jesus. But hey, here's your reading list. Called the Bible. Here's your tutorial groups. Called homes. K-tong. Here's your lectures, culture services, and you need to do all the reading lists, Old Testament and New Testament because at the end of it, there will be a test. And then when you overcome that test, congratulations, there will be more tests. And more tests. And group assignments, commissions. And there will be you know different things. And at the end of test of the test of the test, there will be one big final test. One big final gate called judgment. And if you pass this one, you'll make it through. And then you'll be welcome to full heaven. And a lot of us, we think that Christianity is like that. We think that it starts with, with us, you know, coming into faith and then, and then being good. And, and, and that's why every time we get stuck, we, we, we hate ourselves. Oh no, I'm, I'm being stuck. I have to repeat another year. My friends are getting ahead of me. Every time people say, oh, testimony, testimony, testimony. How come I got no testimony? My only testimony is that I got no testimony. And then you begin to hate yourself, thinking that I'll never make it, I'll never make it. Because you know, that's what university is like, right? University is, yeah, welcome, man. yeah, okay. Year one, second year, then the final year exam. Pass that, you graduate. If you don't pass that, you don't pass. You know? and, and we think that, ah, that's what? No, no, no. That, that's not what Christianity is. That might be what other religion, but that's not what Christianity is. You know what Christianity is? Christianity is the fact that Jesus has already passed it all. And, and, and to borrow this imperfect analogy, is like Jesus sat for all the exams you can ever sit for. Because Jesus knew that, uh, yeah, no. No matter how hard you study, you can't pass the exam. So I will study, because I'm the Word. I can. I will take every exam for you. I'll sit for every exam you ever sit and I will excel every exam. Now you just need to trust in me. Now you graduate, not because of your work, not because of your merit, but it, it, it's, to borrow this imperfect analogy, you know, Christianity is like being in a group assignment carried by Jesus. Everybody here understands that, right? Because in a group assignment, there'll be one guy who carries it. Maybe some of you here, you are the one. I have to carry my whole team. You know that guy, you know he doesn't do his work. You know, he's always there not attending his meetings and then he turns up on the last day and talks like he knows it all. And he gets higher grade than me. Yeah, that is you. Jesus is the silent one that does all the work. He's there for every meeting, even the meetings you're not there. He does all the work and he says that, yeah, I've done it all. As long as you're in the same group with me, you're going to pass. That's what Christianity is. In other words, if you're stuck, how do you set yourself free? Understand that you're loved. And that you're not being you're not fighting to be free so that God will love you more. You are already loved. Because you are loved, you can be free. Imperfect example number two. Christianity is closer to the Olympics gymnastics. You know how many times you watch the gymnastics, and this is like feats of superhuman ability. This, this young women, young men, they, they just they just, you know, run all around and then they do all the flips and all the turns and all the superhuman feats and then they land. Ah. And then the judges will go like, 10, 10, 10. And we think that that's what Christianity is. You got to run, you got to dodge the, the attacks of the enemy. You got to do all the faith flips. You know, you, you got to get all your posture right. Hoping that in the final days when you see Jesus face to face, You land. And then the Father, Son, Holy Spirit will give you a 10-10-10. But maybe you go like, I'm not good enough because only Jesus gets a 10-10-10. So, so at least give me a 7-7-7. Because if I get a 6-6-6, you know what I'm saying. And, <laughs> and we think that that's, that's what it is. But again, no. Christianity is like Olympics, <laughs> gymnastics. But it's on Team Jesus. And Jesus did all the hoops and all the loops and all the perfect landings time after time after time to the point where the judges go like, 10's not enough. We'll give you infinity, infinity, infinity. And then the rest of the team, hey, you guys just go out there and do your best. Maybe I shouldn't use the word do your best. Now go out there and worship. Because that's the Christian definition of doing your best. It's worship. It's worship. Worship is not just singing. Worship is a lifestyle. You see, sometimes doing your best, being humans, being corrupt, we'll manipulate it. Uh, well, that's my best. Uh, so what? <laughs> but, but worship is this, God, I just want to give you my best. And I want to challenge myself to be better so I can give you my best. Not so that I can impress you because you've already been impressed. I'm, I'm doing this because you deserve it. Amen? Imperfect example number three to, to help us understand this. Right? Christianity is closer to the World Cup, but Jesus is on your team. And in the first half, he scored infinite amount of goals. He scored so many goals against the enemy that their goal exploded. And he, and, 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 and he was not only such a good attacker, he was also a good defender. That, that, that you know... He defended our goal to the point where the, the, the enemy just can't get a single shot in. Beep, beep. First half is over. But it's done. Even though the match is not done, you know that based on the score, it's done. There's no way the enemy can catch up. There's, there's no way. Impossible. For the next 45 minutes, because I don't do football, I have to do my math there for a while. The next 45 minutes... That's impossible for the enemy to, 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 to get any way to win. And then Jesus goes, hey, uh, I'm going to come back at the end and we're going to celebrate together. But now it's your time to be on the pitch. It's your time to score against the enemy. It's your time. Can the enemy score against you? They can try, but they'll fail because Jesus has won it all. He's defeated the grave. Amen? But that doesn't stop the enemy from tackling you, from tripping you, from kicking you, from trying to get you angry, get a red card flashed on you, jeer you, call you names. And sometimes we're stuck like that. Right? We think that we're we're, we're defeated. We think that, oh no, God must be so disappointed. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Like this woman, I'm stuck. No, 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 no. You're not stuck. You're loved your loved, and understanding that your love will help you to be free. Amen? Can you imagine? Now, when you go out there, you know, you know just to borrow the, 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 the gymnastics thing, God is saying that, hey, you don't need to perform anymore. Now, you can dance. Wow. And in and, and our lives, whether it's the corporate world or the studying world, you know, in our personal lives, God is inviting us now to dance, a dance of worship unto Him. So when you go for your work, you don't work for your boss. You worship Jesus through your work. And so when you do a good work, it's not to please your boss. It's it's to please Jesus, who's already pleased with you. Amen. And and because you see the the having the right motivation will help you to have the right breakthrough. Otherwise, you know, you're going to you're going to you're going to You know, and being human, sometimes we can break out of the cycle, but we fall back again. But how many know that you don't drown because you fall into water, you drown because you stay in the water. And God wants to set you free. Know that you're loved. Amen? So, understand, right? God is gracious. Do you feel like you're apologizing to God for the upteenth time, for not being good enough, not being a good enough Christian? Hey, He's not frowning. He loves you. Now try again, but know that you're loved. Right? It will affect the way you walk. You know, if if, if, I, if I have a child, you know, it, the, how the child walks, knowing that they're loved or knowing that they're being judged will cause them to walk differently. Right? If, if, if my child is, 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 is you know, uh, walking, learning to walk, wobbling, but knowing that, that mommy and daddy are cheering for him, he's going to be like, yeah. And even if he falls down, even though he will fall down and he will cry, and it will happen when babies learn to walk, so if you're a Christian, you're learning to walk the walk of Jesus, you will fall down, you will cry. But then, because you know that you're loved, you won't cry for long. Have you seen that before? Where, where, where how parents try to defuse a child from crying instead of giving them frowning faces? One time I was babysitting for another pastor, and I was playing with the kid, and then the kid was running, and then hit her. She was running, I was making her laugh. And she hit her face onto a pole. I thought, right there, and then I'm, I'm like the you know, worst Christian, worst pastor, you know, you babysit my kid, you know, comes with a bruise on the neck, you know, hopefully the glasses didn't break, and all that. And then she was like, boom, and then I was like, ah, and I could tell that she's about to crash. Ah! And I go like, wow, you're so brave. You're so brave. Wow, look at you. Look at you, wow, I think, I think the wall cracked. You're so brave. And then, by the grace of God, this, this young lady, you know, she'll be like, ah, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but if, you, if you walk thinking that you're being judged, being policed every moment, you know how you walk? You walk, but you won't walk facing the front. you walk facing the back. You walk, And how many know that you can't move forward looking backwards? And, and it's sometimes, it's, again, being stuck is one thing. It's the self-hate that keeps us stuck. It's a self-disgust that keeps us stuck. And friends, I want you to know, hey, God wants you to say, you don't have to look to Him. He's, he's, he loves you. He's taken all of your sin to the grave and He rose again. Your, your, your debt with God has been paid in full. Look forward and worship. Amen? Point number three. Some of us here, struggling, were stuck, were searching. This woman was searching. You know, maybe she was going man after man after man because she thought that a relationship would satisfy her. Maybe she thought that it wasn't about relationship. She thought maybe it was about status. Because in the ancient world, a woman was not given a lot of status. So you had to be attached to a man. So how do you climb the status of the city? You go for better men, better men, richer men, richer men, more affluent men, more affluent men. And, 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 or, or maybe for her, no no convention, maybe at that time it was a wealth issue. Women were not allowed to go out and work. They had to depend. Their livelihood were dependent on their family, dependent on the men in their life. And maybe she just wanted more money. And And... and The truth is this, this sounds like us. Because even though we are now thousands of years away from this Samaritan woman, it feels like today we're still living, trying to look for fulfillment in relationships, trying to look for fulfillment through status, trying to look for fulfillment through wealth. In fact, these are the three things, you know, that that we are tempted the most. And, 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 And the world tells us that, hey, You know, you being successful is not enough. You need to be married. Relationship. Or it's not enough for you to have a man. You need to have a high-value man, a high-value, whatever that means. And and we think relationship, relationship, relationship. And then we stress ourselves out. Oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, but you know, I feel like my eggs are expiring, whatever it is, you know. And you go, relationship, relationship. For some of us, it's status. Status. Wow, all my friends are getting promoted. All there are managers by now, senior managers by now, senior lawyers by now. You know, all all different titles. Homeowner, business owner, entrepreneur, successful. That's another title. And we go, I want that, I want that, I want that. And so, we think that Jesus is not enough. For some of us, it's pure and simple wealth. But friends, I'm also here to tell you that all these things, because they are man-made, and if you build your identities in any of these three things, in fact, if you build your identity in anything except God, those things will always enslave you. So let's say you manage to get yourself, you manage to marry up, right? Me and my wife talk about this all the time. We say, wow, Josh Cooney really married up. You know, because you, know, you would think that he's like this superstar. I know the younger generation here. I've just lost you. You'd be like, Josh who? <laughs> you know, he, he was one time ago Batman. Anyway, um... <laughs> You know, this, 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 this you know, uh, older actor and you think, people think, that, oh, he's good looking, he's an actor, he's rich, but, but he married this like humanitarian lawyer and, 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 and you think it's, oh, wow, if only I can marry up. But even if you marry up, whatever marry up means to you, suddenly now you're being enslaved by that relationship. Now you have to make sure that that relationship is going. Because if you lose that relationship, you lose your identity. For some of us here, it could be status. And so you're chasing, you're chasing, you're chasing. Job after job after job, title after title after title, you're not satisfied. And even when you keep a title, let's say even by the grace of God, you know, you become CEO, you become homeowner, all it takes is for recession to hit and then suddenly the title is gone. The same with wealth. And so... What do we need to learn from this? Christians, we need to remember again that only Jesus satisfies. Point number three Jesus satisfies. He says He is the living water. God is not saying that all these things are not important. God is not saying that money is not important, wealth is not important, all, all this. He's saying that He needs to be number one. And if we allow any other thing to be number one, we will not be satisfied. And Jesus is perfect, He doesn't need an addition. And, so he, and and the thing is this, as Christians, we need to come back to that place and go like, you know what, am I satisfied with Jesus and Jesus alone? Or is it Jesus and a job? Or is it Jesus and a relationship? Or is it Jesus and a status? Some of us here, the status could even be, you know, again, again. I'm not knocking down anyone, I'm just saying it because we struggle with this. Sometimes our status is even linked with, I don't know, our church, you know, it's like being part of a winning football team. Years ago when Manchester United were winning, they're not now, but years ago when they were, when David Beckham was, was, was you know, the captain and whatnot, you know, even my wife was supporting uh, Man U at the time. And many times people ask her, you know, like, 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 why, no, not her, but ask people, like, you know, why did you support? And some people say, oh, I support because it's a winning team. And they know nothing about football. They just... You know like how some of your friends, when World Cup comes, what team do you support? Brazil. Why? Because they, they feel winning. And sometimes even in our faith, it, Jesus is not enough. It's Jesus and a winning church. And so we can even go around church hopping, trying to look for a, a more better church, a church with a bigger hall, a church with, with, with a bigger... I mean, church, church, it's, it's, it, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus first. And we need to come back to that place and say that. And, and sometimes as Christians, we can get this wrong. And if you have, the best place is to say, God, forgive me. I've, I've made an idol out of these other things. I've forgotten that you are enough. I've forgotten that actually all that I am is because of you. And that I am loved by you. And that you've been gracious to me. And you're the one that comes to me. Do you know that when you're down and out, money will not come to you? When you're down and out, status will not come to you. But when you're down and out, you don't—you can't even love yourself. Jesus loves you. So why would you choose anything besides Him? Amen? Friends, I hope that this is encouraging you. I hope that this is causing you to fall in love with Jesus all over again because we need to. Sometimes we just need to have a moment of just remembering that, wow, I am so love by God, beyond my imagination. And as a result, I can't keep this love to myself. And my hope is that just as Jesus says, hey, I'm here to give living water, but then He says this very interesting thing, He says that, and then whoever drinks of my water, they will in turn become a, a bubbling fountain of living water. A literal living water water because waters can't move by themselves a lake cannot move An ocean cannot move don't get scientific with me i know you say you know, technically oceans can move you know but but in, and god is saying to us like can my people become living walking breathing oasis living water that walks into a world that is dry, a world that is struggling, a world that is stuck, a world that is searching and and begin to enter in because we we know that we are so loved, we're able to love other people. That's also the invitation of Jesus which this woman did catch because in the end, you can go back and read. She brought the whole city to encounter Jesus. May God give us that same heart for people. Amen? As He renews our heart for Him. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you love us. We can never fully put into words how much you love us. That's why you came and showed it to us in person. Lord, we thank you. You didn't just tell us that you love us, You showed it. You showed it. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. Thank you for dying for our sins. Thank you, Lord, that we are here not because of our own merit, but because of you. We are here covered by the grace of God. We are so loved by you that even when we are far away, we are reminded that you are the Good Shepherd who leaves the 99 to go after the one. Friend, do you feel like that one right now, that one lost sheep? And maybe you are lost by your own doing. Maybe right now you are tell yourself you enjoy being lost, you enjoy being the black sheep. I don't know what you're going through right now, but I just want you to know God loves you. And He's not giving up on you. And you might think that you have it all figured out. But, friends, if you're really honest, just like how this woman was, she didn't like where she was. She put out a brave front. She was sassy. She was outspoken. She was debative. But in the end, she was still looking for true living water that only Jesus can give. So friends, if that's you, I want you to know the answer is not in your personal freedom. The answer is in freedom that only Jesus can give. For another group, maybe some of us here, you're struggling and you feel disgusted. You feel like the Bible says that the Lord has saved you. He's rescued you from the miry clay and He's set your feet upon the solid rock. But there are days where you feel like you're like a pig that just cannot help but jump back into the muddy clay and roll in it again and again and again. And then you say, How can God rescue this delinquent? And that's where, friends, I want you to know you are underestimating God's grace. God loves you far more than you can ever imagine. God is patient more than you can ever imagine and He loves you more than you ever know. And my prayer is that one day you will know that God's love is better than the mud. And it is God's love that will replenish your need for that mud and set you free and break the chains over your life. In fact, God is saying to you, some of you here are struggling, I believe this is a word for you. God is saying, I've already broken the chains. I've already broken the locks to your prison door. Walk out. Walk out. And maybe in the past you've walked out, but you found yourself going back into the shadows of darkness again. Can I just take this opportunity to remind you that itself is another proof that you are free. The fact that you're free to go in and out means that you're free. (laughs) So why waste your freedom going in and out of prison when you can use that freedom to walk out of prison? You see how God loves you. And lastly, Jesus satisfies. And maybe for some of us here, you're a Christian. And the Bible also says, Jesus says that the Father, those who worship the Father must worship Him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. For some of us here, you're not satisfied with God because you only know the historical Jesus. For you, Jesus is all just Bible knowledge and theology, but that's truth, but He's also spirit, which means that He can be experienced and enjoyed and be in communion with because the spirit fills the body. And so God is saying that, hey, you know a lot about me but why don't we go on an adventure together? Maybe it's time to begin to live out. Don't just think that you have faith. Maybe it's time to walk by faith. Maybe it's time to practice that faith. Maybe it's time to, to give by faith and to live by faith and to surrender by faith. But maybe for some of us, it's the other way around. You love God, but for you, it's spirit. Spirit. It's just emotion and experiences. And the problem about emotions is that sometimes our own emotions can hijack our walk with God. And when we're high, we're really high with the most high. When we're low, we really feel very low. But God is saying that He's not just spirit, He's also truth. And so sometimes, friends, I'm here to tell you, your feelings are not true. Just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean it's true. Just because you feel unloved doesn't mean it's true. Just because you feel like a loser doesn't mean it's true. Just because you feel like you're in the right doesn't mean it's true. You need to be anchored in God's truth. And once you come back, you will realize true satisfaction, true satisfaction, Lord, would you do a new work today in the hearts of my brothers and sisters here. We need you now more than ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart, and life, and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless!